Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. Listen today as we show you how to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. I was made to love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cassandra Perkins on Behind the Mask, where our goal and our mission is to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. That is my mission. What we are doing with Behind the Mask is we are bringing on guests who have inspirational stories of hope and love that are here to make a difference in life, that are sharing their story, sharing their passion and hopes, and succeeding to make a difference in other people's life and inspire them to live a purpose-driven life. And that is truly what my guest represents for today. I'm so excited to welcome Christian LaFer. He is with um, Instant Nonprofit. He.com, instantnonprofit.com. And let me explain a little bit about what that is, as well as who Christian is before I introduce him to the show. Then we'll just welcome him in. And I can't wait to talk to him and and find out, you know, I think in life, something that, uh, you know, is on every entrepreneur, every person's bucket list is when they go through something, you know, I got to write a book. I got to write a book about this. I got to start a nonprofit to help other people who are going through the same thing. And I think it's so important to have that support behind you and that support to, to know how to start a nonprofit to know that taking your, um, you know, your purpose in life and transporting it into something that can be helped other, to help other people is just so unique. So let me explain a little bit about what um, what this is. So the barriers to starting a nonprofit organization and getting a 501c3 tax exempt status from the IRS has become too complicated, expensive, and time consuming. Many heroes are forced to give up their dreams um, and, you know, they're forced to give up before their dreams see the light. Um, instant no, instant nonprofit is here actually to change that. And I, I love that so much because when we have a goal and something, you know, kind of stops us in our path, we're so quick to give up and, and so quick to let that dream that could be life changing, that could potentially, you know, these heroes changing people's life, that that little bump in the road is what could stop us from achieving our dreams. So that's what instant nonprofit is here to do is to help that, to change that. They are socially or or in an oriented, excuse me, uh, they're a socially oriented company with a staff who cares about your mission. Their technologies are simple to use and come with human touch. Their mission is to help nonprofit heroes reach their true potential. And that's what I love so much about what Instant Nonprofit's doing and what they stand for. Um, but, you know, Christian is the founder of, of not, um 
excuse me, of Instant Nonprofit. So let me explain a little bit about who Christian is, and then we'll welcome him on the show and be able to talk to him and kind of pick out his mind a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit about him and his success. He has raised millions and ran dozens of successful campaigns during more than 10-year experience fundraising and creating marketing solutions to benefit nonprofit sector. His mission is to empower heroes across the world to make an impact for good. His lifelong battle against Simon Barr Sinister led to expanding e- civil liberties as well as certified therapeutics foster and adoptive parent and advocate. When he's not swimming with his lovely family, Christian escapes to Colorado beautiful woodlands to abuse his off-road KTM dirt bike. I'm just so excited to welcome him. His lovely family is in here in the studio as well. We have his two kids. We have Josie and Jacob. Um, and you know, I was so blessed to be able to meet his um, to be able to meet his other son Caleb as well. And they're just such unique kids. You can just look at them and tell that the way that they talk, the way that they act is just is so unique and so individual. And I just can't, you know, I'm so blessed to be able to be a part of such a unique family. So Christian, thanks so much for being on the show today and and coming on the show to, to tell your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, and to be able to, to share this passion and share a passion of yours is what this show is all about. To be able to have a platform to, to share what you love, to you know be able to take something that you have created and share it with the world. I just love hearing stories like this and being able to take that experience growing up, you know, finding this, you know, far, fighting Simon Bar Sinister growing up in your mind and then developing this into a passion, into something that you are truly passionate passionate about and want to share with others. So, uh, you know, if I can start out with the question, um, you know, talk about Simon Barsinister growing up, having this passion, developing this passion to help other people to, you know, help other people succeed. Talk about that. Absolutely. Well, um, I think, you know, written on the hearts of every person is uh, this desire to, you know, be a hero, right? And e- even in very small ways. And so, you know, there's a great professor uh, from the 60s named Joseph Campbell. And uh, Joseph Campbell studied all of the epic stories across the world from Gilgamesh, which is the earliest story ever discovered, um, earliest story of man um, that's been discovered by historians, <clears throat> through, uh, through the Bible, through, you know, uh, King Arthur, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Star, you know, George Lucas specifically studied this paradigm called the hero's journey, and he wrote the Star Wars stories according to this formula, and this formula is something that is written on the hearts of every person, and wow. um, I only realized, you know, after learning about this that, you know, sort of my life and the lives of people that I've really been inspired by have sort of fit this pattern, and, you know, it's usually... They start the the hero in these story, stories is a meek person, right? Not a person of great wealth or power or, or physical stature, even usually. Um, you know, and you think of Jesus, or you think of the, uh, uh, you know, the hobbits at the Shire, and <clears throat> they discover a problem, and at first they refuse the call, like a lot of maybe prophets, right? Jonah, uh, I don't want to deal with this, you know, this, but the call to ac- adventure. Um, to, to solve this problem and to learn about this. The Matrix is a great example, the movie The Matrix. They go into the rabbit hole and they discover that there's this whole world that's been operating just beyond what they could see and that other people are in the same traps that they are and have the same challenges. They go through all these trials and tribulations. They sort of climb the mountain. Friends come along to help. 
Uh, there's all kinds of danger and treachery. But eventually they get to the pinnacle and they have to make the moral decision. You know, do they throw the ring into the fires of Mordor or do they keep a hold of it? Right. Uh, do they risk it all and, and take that shot at the Death Star? And then they achieve this, um, uh, you know, information or this this vision or this story. Even just the story is worthwhile, right? And they bring that back to the people, the secret elixir. And they bring it back to the people and it makes everybody's life better. And that's called the hero's journey. And, and like I said, it's, it's really a worthwhile thing to understand because you start looking at your life and, and the whole world differently after understanding this. Um, and so um, <clears throat> when, so we have, this, we have a company that helps nonprofit heroes. Um, you know, we, we save the heroes so they can save the world, right, or make the world a better place. Uh, we know who really saves the world. But um, <laughs> what's neat about that is, I hired a marketing company to uh, name to rename the company because the company was called Instant Nonprofit, but that's only one product. We really want to help nonprofits all the way through the life cycle. So we want to help them get started, get through all the other things that they have to do, the bureaucracy, fundraising, and all that stuff. So I went and I, I looked for someone who could help us come up with a company name that would help, uh, that we could have this product under. And they interviewed me about my life and from um, getting when I, uh, when I, when I was eight years old, um, I, uh, when I was eight years old, my mom sat me down and told me why my sister was not talking at nearly four years old. And it was because she never would. She was developmentally disabled or what we called back then, uh, retarded. And I didn't know what to make of that. I was eight years old. I skipped off on my, on my way that day to play with my friends. But a few weeks later, she got called into the elementary school, and I was suspended for fighting, and I was in a lot of trouble. I, I beat a couple of kids up in the New Jersey uh, you know, hallway of an elementary school. And they, everybody demanded to know why this happened. I said, well, I don't know. Um, I just saw some boys making fun of the special kids in the hall, and I got, I got mad. Hmm. <clears throat> and I had made a, a decision secretly back then that I didn't even understand, that people who ne- who couldn't help themselves or couldn't defend themselves needed somebody to defend them. And that was part of my personal hero's journey. And so this marketing company asked me about some of those kinds of battles and inflection points in my life. And they came back and they said, well, all these stories that you told us have this common element. And I'm like, please, please tell me because my life does not make sense to me. You know, who I was as a little kid doesn't match with high school, doesn't match with who I am today. Mm. And they said, you are a person who wants to go out and help the underdog and level the playing field for the little guy so everybody wow. has a chance. And I still almost get a little tear, teared up over that because that was the most noble thing anybody had ever said to me about me. And um, I was just kind of coming to understand the hero's journey and everything. And that was really awesome. And that is really what is behind the company, which they named, uh, they came up with the name Yippie Kaye because... It should be fun to save the world. It should be fun and exciting and adventurous, even though it's very tough sometimes to start a nonprofit. There is that call to adventure. There's the danger. You're taking a risk. You're putting yourself out there. And we should reward that to people. And we should constantly help people who are helping other people find themselves in that journey and not be bogged down with awful paperwork or dealing with the government. So I took it upon myself to create a company that with products like instantnonprofit.com we would help people take we would be like the sherpa you know like sam in, in the lord of the rings who does the the hard stuff and helps 
you know, uh, helps Frodo get through the journey. Right, right. And anyway, that's that's a long version, but uh, <laughs> I think that's really important that we honor these honor people and help people remember that why we're doing this journey in life and and even doing the things like you're doing is because we have a call to make the world a better place and that this is this epic journey that has an eternal quality to it. So where was this passion? Where did this passion get pulled out from, you know, inside of you? Was it, you know, being noticed that you're there to help fight for the underdog? Was it something, you know, more a a child where this passion was truly pulled out of you, where you just were so, you know, your mission was to help others, to help the underdog, to help people get their story out. Where, at what point did you find this passion and really discover that this is what you want to do to help others? I think it was because I had an extremely um, challenging childhood and, you know, my parents got divorced very young and, you know, my dad uh, was was a challenging dad to have. And uh, I think I saw some injustices as a little kid that I thought were, were just wrong. And so I almost retreated a little bit into a little fantasy world that I lived in as a kid and I read a lot of books and stuff. But I think it was that sort of other kids should have somebody to, to help them and shouldn't be alone. And I, I think I felt alone as a kid. And so I wanted to get all the other alone kids and just make, make everybody. uh, Everyone not alone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and I love that. That's where a passion came from. And, you know, I, I see a lot of the time that people you know, have to go through these struggles in their life, that they have to hit their rock bottom per se, or, or, you know, they have to go through something in their life. But when, you know, the day comes to an end and at the end of the day, you know, you, you find those people, you pull together those people who are feeling like you are, you're pulling together others, which I truly feel is, is the purpose for a nonprofit to have those people, you know, no matter what your nonprofit is, if your, your nonprofit's about cancer, then you're going to draw in people who, you know, are familiar with cancer, or have relation to cancer, you know, if it's it's about bullying. You're going to pull in people with bullying, whatever the case is, you're going to pull in like-minded people. And through that, you find support, you find that love. And I, you know, that's what I truly love is people who find their passion and find their strengths through this. And, you know, um, we do have to take a break real quick, but when we return, I want to talk to you a little bit about what drives someone to start a nonprofit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Christian LaFer. Thank you. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins. This is Deputy John Arnold with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Did you know that over 1,006,000 car accidents are caused from texting and driving each year? Also, you have a 23% greater chance of being involved in a motor vehicle accident while texting and driving. If you get a text, it can wait. Pull over to a safe location. Nothing is that important. Don't Don't drive drive while while intoxicated. Are you shaping the lives of your children? According to Trace Embry, it may be someone or something else. Next on Licensed to Parent. When we see kids sitting down, lying around, or walking along the road with digital technology in their hands and ears, from the time they get up to the time they lay down at night, we should ask ourselves who or what is really shaping these kids' lives. The popular biblical mandate of Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. 
Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So are we giving time and energy to impressing God's word and values on our kids? Or are we allowing complete strangers through digital devices to do it for us? Trace Embry is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy, helping troubled teens. Learn more at licensedaparent.org. Do you know who your kids are talking to on the internet? Every day, children are sexually solicited online. Help delete online predators. Call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit cybertipline.com. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council. You're listening to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am joined with Christian Lafer here in the studio. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about nonprofits um, and how really he got his start to what he's doing now. He is with Instant Nonprofit, um, and he's here today to talk to us a little bit about the process of nonprofits and, and how you get started and what it can look like because... You know, I know a nonprofit writing a book is on my list of things to do, on my bucket list of things to do. You know, being 18 years old, that's something that I want to achieve in my future. It's definitely on my bucket list. Um, but, you know, w- you know, before the break, we were discussing what it's like to have that passion, what it's like to develop that passion, to want to help people that want to go out there and, and make a difference, to bring others together and, and, you know, share like-minded things. And that's truly what Christian did and Christian is doing is, you know, helping others and supporting, you know, like he says, these heroes who have these life-changing things that they want to do, these life-changing missions, these life-changing messages that they want to put out there. But, you know, with that, there's a lot of complications. There's paperwork, there's, you know, dealing with everything. You could, you know, when you just want to focus on your dream and make that happen, that can be very difficult. And to hit that speed bump in the road, it almost can bring you down and say, oh, goodness, well, if this is what I have to do, then forget it, you know. And I see that a lot with people who get discouraged so easily. And once, it, you know, you get discouraged, it's very hard to lift yourself back up again. Um, you know, and I think that Christian has a solution to that, that this is truly a solution um, to all of your problems when it comes to, to making a nonprofit. So Christian, again, welcome back to the show. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. It's exciting to be here. Absolutely. So again, before the break, we were talking a little bit about him and his passion and how he developed this. Um, but, you know, really in, in life, um, you know, when you find something that you have a passion, um, what really drives someone who, you know, is wanting to make a nonprofit, who wants to form something like this? What what is it? What is the drive behind it that makes them want to formulate a nonprofit? Well, I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I think what a lot of, a lot of our customers report um, is that they're already serving a need somehow in the community. So, um, you know, take yourself for example. You might want to start a nonprofit um, for people who have gone through what you've experienced and sort of broken through the other side, right? Experience that hero's journey. You've thrown your own ring into the fire of Mordor. And uh, <laughs> and and now you have a message and, and something that I, I think is really exp- inspiring to other, you know, young people. Well, um, thank you. And uh, that's why I'm here. You know, that's why I found your, your message so compelling and, and you, you so compelling. Thank you. Because you're willing to share that 
Um, and so what people are doing is, you know, they're taking care of kids after school. Like uh, we've, we, we, we all knew about them, especially those of us who sort of took care of ourselves in a lot of ways as a kid. I knew where the, that house was where the mom would make peanut butter and jellies and you could just kind of hang around that house and, and be welcome. Yeah. Um, and we've all got those in their, our communities. And some people start, you know, having an after school program or they start teaching kids, you know, some some useful skills or, hey, you know, you want to come camping with us or whatever. And this becomes a thing. Right. Or they're serving through their church and they say, well, I see more of a need here than I can fill on my own. So what I'm going to do is start an entity where people who and people have maybe even said, hey, how can I help you in this? Um, And then that it sparks the idea in the person's mind maybe I could quit my corporate cubicle job and actually go make a difference in the world. Right. And they start doing the research and then sort of they call us. And, you know, the way I explain it to people is we have a simple three-step process. We take you from idea through IRS approval um, and handle all of the things in between there. So um, we incorporate, we get the employer identification number, and we gather all the information from the customer that they need to submit to the IRS and get that tax-exempt status, which means people can give a tax-deductible donation. And um, it's a write-off. And you know, people want to do good things, and they also would like the write-off, right? And why right. not? So um, we gather the information. We make sure it's really perfect. We do what we call the Goldilocks file. Not too much information, not too little, but just right. Because on the other end of this bureaucratic process, right, we think of the IRS as this big ivory tower. There are human beings on the other end of this process who have the same problems and concerns that that we do every day in our jobs. And what they would really like, what their goal for the day is is to have one less messy file on their desk to be left over or a follow up call to be made or whatever. So we present such a perfect file. You know, we we imagined what could we do to make that bureaucrat's day, that make that person's day, that somebody actually cared about what they have to go through at their desk. Hmm. And so that this way they're just able to go through, check all the boxes that they need to check to stamp that thing approved and get it off their desk and go punch out to lunch on time. Wow. So it's really an act of love to me to look at not only our customers' needs, yep. but anyone we interact with. We side. can show love to everyone in this process. I don't think uh, I don't think we'll have to worry about competition. No, not worry about competition. And you know you can't do wrong when you're doing it like that. You know when you're helping someone who's perceived as the bad guy or, or so on and so forth. And you know it's the same thing. Um, you know with a, a passion of mine is you know when I went through my bullying situation about um, you know me being bullied and having to go through my life feeling you know put down. But you know when I got on the outside point of it, that there was a lot that the person on the other end, the you know in this case the bully, had to go through mm-hmm. in their life. So you know I just wanted to help them as much I was I was helping the victim. You know I just wanted to reach out and help everyone. So I love that it's the, kind of the same mission where you're just trying to make everyone's life so much easier and filled full of love and just <laughs> easiness because you know we go through a lot of struggles in our day and, and I, I love that that's truly what you stand for and that you represent. That's so cool. Um, but you know a question I have about nonprofits is if this is something. Um, you know, that, you know, this is either, you know, something that uh, people want to achieve to achieve this nonprofit or they want to achieve it and they don't know how, you know, if this is something that they truly want to do, why aren't people getting out there and doing it more? I think it's because of, first of all, the, the bureaucratic challenges are hard. The IRS process has a reputation where, you know, it costs a lot of money. Um, 
We charge less than $1,000 to do the entire package, and we give all kinds of support afterwards. Here's, you know, here's how you run your first board meeting. Here's a downloadable PowerPoint for, for your fundraising. We give a, a lot away because we don't just want to transact business and like sell something and say, have a nice day, good luck. We want really these nonprofits to be successful. So yep. every time we get a question from a customer, we produce something that's of value to everyone out there and just give it away freely. And um, so what people run into is that, you know, is money in some cases. Maybe right. they heard that a lawyer is three to $5,000 right. to do the same services. Um, they don't exactly know, you know, it's like when somebody says, here's a blank sheet of paper, you know, figure it out. Right. Versus being asked a series of questions. We just make this nice and friendly and it's very, very much like TurboTax. We created software. So when a customer buys our service at instantnonprofit.com, they uh, go there and just get the login. They just go in and they're asked some simple questions just like TurboTax. And before they know it, you know, an hour has gone by. We have all the information we need and we do absolutely everything else for them wow. because they should be feeding hungry kids in Kenya or teaching literacy in Aurora in a neighborhood where, where there aren't parents around maybe and, you know, parents are working after school. Right. Or... Um, we, we have, I mean, we, we've got hundreds of organizations all over the world that we've helped to, to create, really thousands, and um, they're fighting human trafficking in Asia and just doing all this wonderful work. Why should they be sitting behind a desk struggling with paperwork? Right. This company was sort of born out of moral outrage, and all the great histor history movements from civil rights to whatever were born out of people Usually being morally are, right. outraged <laughs> and right. getting a little mad right. and doing something right. about it. Wow. So through this process, you know, they're not having to go through this alone. Um, you know, I know that you just, uh, you know, briefly mentioned and we have about two minutes before um, the end, but we have to, um, you know, you just briefly mentioned that, you know, going through it alone versus going through it with that support. You know, what is what is the difference between going through it alone? I mean, can that be just as struggling? Can it be just as, you know, like uh, we mentioned before, just as defeating? Yeah, the problem is, you know, you can go out and read three 500-page books on starting a nonprofit, but when you sit down with that government application, you still don't know if question 14B applies to you or right, not. Right, right. Because there, the IRS has put a lot of anti-fraud measures um, behind these questions, and sometimes you innocently answer one the wrong way, and then you're playing phone tag back and forth with an IRS agent right. for two months. Right. It really does help. You know, it, we want to honor people with their time and just help them, you know, get through this process without that. Absolutely. And especially if this is something that nobody's ever done before, never dealt with this. I mean, you know, if I had to jump to the, into this on my own being, you know, 18 years old, I mean, I would go crazy. I wouldn't know anything, um, you know, and, and I see that a lot with people that they don't necessarily know if this, like you said, if this question applies to them. And then it's a constant battle of having to communicate back and forth. And then before you know it, five months has passed and your nonprofit still isn't there. So that's what I love so much about what you guys are doing because you're simplifying things for everyone and you're helping people and heroes achieve their dreams, which is so important. Where can my listeners find you and find more about this? <laughs> so they can go to instantnonprofit.com and that goes to the Yippie Kaye site, but it goes specifically to the page that uh, talks about nonprofit startups. Um, there are some other things we do for nonprofits and um, you know you can find out all about that on that website. And uh they can email me at christian at instantnonprofit.com, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that anyone has. We have, we're very supportive. We try to, you know, give as much love as we can, but of course we do need to pay the bills and, right. um, you know, keep the, keep the lights on. So, uh, 
anyway, I'd be happy to help anyone. There are plenty of ways to contact us uh, right through that website. So go ahead and uh, you know go to instantonprofit.com. Absolutely. Let us know if we can help. Absolutely. And also, if you want to find more about them, as well as Christian and what he's doing, be sure to go to my website, CassandraPerkinsRadio.com. Hi, this is Cassandra Perkins from Behind the Mask. And this is Mark Mara with Champion of Choices. Major depression affects more than 120 million people around the world. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death with students ages 10 through 24. Like my good friend Mark says, happiness is the key to success, and we all have that choice to make in life. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so reach out to those around you and be the voice. We become who we surround ourselves with. Your friends, they're like elevators. They're either going to take you up or they're going to take you down. Find out more information at thinkpause, that's P-O-Z dot org, thinkpause dot org. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. Woody Allen is quoted as saying, 80% of success in life is just showing up. Some of the best times with family are unplanned. The times when you're just present, when you show up. When I was coaching, too often the demands of my job stole time from my family. Sometimes it was unavoidable, Other times, I simply scheduled too much of my time at work. But as time passed and the children got older, I changed. Do you need to change? Spend time with your family and loved ones, for no reason at all but to be there. You'll witness miracles you might otherwise miss forever. Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. Students, when I call the reason for your absences throughout the years, please exit the auditorium without your high school diploma. Too tired. Family trip. Sick day. Starting the holidays early. Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. How many days of school has your child missed this year? Absences add up. Keep track at BoostAttendance.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Let's rejoin Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins on 810KLVZ, where love lives.
Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am joined in studio with Christian LaFer and his lovely children, Josie and Jacob. And they are both here to talk to us about adoption and the process of adoption. Um, you know, I'd really like to, um, you know, we talked a little bit uh, to Christian today for the first half hour of the show. Hey, if you missed that, be sure to go to my website, CassandraPerkinsRadio.com. You can check it out there. You can check it out and uh, click podcast and it'll be up there in the next few days. And be sure to listen on 670 AM um, KLTT. You can listen Saturday at 10 AM for the rebroadcast of the show. Um, you can check it out over there as well. So be sure to go tune in um, and tell your friends if you missed the first half of the show. But as you're joining us now, um, we, before we were talking a little bit uh, to Christian Lafer about nonprofits um, and specifically uh, his organization, Instant Nonprofit, and being able to take that and help people achieve their dreams, um, specifically achieving nonprofit and how difficult that can be. Um, but, you know, one of your things when I was kind of reading your bio and, you know, I got to meet your um, other lovely son, Jay, uh, excuse me, Caleb, um, at uh, meet and greet or at Peter and Friends. Uh, we got to meet there and we got to talk and I got to hear your son talk. And um, now that I've got to meet your other two kids, too, they're just so intelligent and so bright. And I'm just so happy that they can be a part of this and be here. Um, but, you know, when I was reading through a little bit about who you are and really seeing who you are as an individual, um, you know, and saying, you know, <laughs> through through your bio, saying that when you're not, you know, doing all of these things, you're swimming with your family and you're out with your family and you're an adoptive, um, you know, you and your wife adopt. And so and that's Josie sitting here in studio, but you're very family oriented, um, you know. And when I heard that you ad adopted a, a daughter, that's something that speaks out to my listeners a lot. I have a lot of people who go through similar situations. I have a you know a lot of personal um, you know connections with that. You know, my aunt is adopted into um, you know our family and um, into my mom's family, and you know I'm very connected with that. And that's something that's very close to me. And I see a lot, but I see not just that, but I see a lot of people struggling with it, not knowing how to go about it, um, not knowing what to do. So I'd like to talk to you, and then I'd love to talk to your lovely children. Children um, as well, but you know, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about you know what it, the process looks like having to to go through this. You know, what what in your mind was the you know option to decide to adopt a child? So, I have to say that um, you know, my wife was really my my wonderful wife, Allison Allie. Uh, it was her idea to you know she meant I came in from work or something one day and she goes. You know, she says, well, I heard about this uh, place that does foster care. You know, it's very close to us uh, down the road. And uh, I think we should go there and maybe attend one of these classes and just find out it was like an orientation. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, that sounds great. I mean, I love kids. I love adventure. And, you know, we pick up stray people, stray dogs, hitchhikers. <laughs> I mean, you know, we just invite people into our home and it's just sort of part of our thing. So I was kind of game. But to me, it seemed like the idea that we would actually get a child, uh, whether foster or otherwise, <laughs> was way, way down the road. And like, I didn't need to worry about this forever. Well, of course, we start doing the classes and we decided we were going to do therapeutic classes. And I always joke with people and say, my wife, Allie, and I are extremists. We couldn't just get like the regular foster kids, you know, <laughs> who have enough challenges. We had to get the ones who are bounced from foster care or had special wow. needs or whatever. And... Uh, Therapeutic foster care training is a much higher standard. You are getting kids that have really been traumatized um, and, and need extra either medical, emotional, whatever um, help. And there's there's a like a really rigorous certification. And when you do when you get a, a foster child that's a therapeutic level, you have in home meetings with a a, a 
uh, caseworker mm-hmm. every week in your home. Um, I mean, they're really stringent because, you know, these kids really have been exposed, you know, to, to a lot of damage and trauma. And so they need you know, extra help. So uh, as you can imagine, the months went by very quickly. Yeah. And before we even had our official certification in our mailbox, um, we got a call with an emergency placement. And uh, that was Josie. And she was three. She's right here. And we said, well, sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Um, and so she came, she came in and, um, she had been through a lot, you know, we, we set up a little room for her and she was very confused, had been a lot of different places and just, you know, her mom made, as she'll tell you, um, her mom made bad choices, uh, and, and she needed to be in a place where she would be safer. So her mom could, you know, hopefully work things out for herself and um, we had her for about 10 days and while I was on a business trip the state uh, came and said well we've uh, decided to place her somewhere else and what really happened was they were trying to save on their budget so they were trying to put her in a non-therapeutic foster home because Mm -hmm. a three-year-old can't tell the story of what they've been through so they weren't able to officially classify her for therapeutic care and the state would save a lot of money right by putting her into an foster regular foster family and we were very upset my wife I was gone on a trip my wife was just devastated Um, we had really adjusted to the idea you know that for the year commitment that we had made and that they had made and uh, so while Josie a few days later you know Josie's gone I get home we get another call there's been an emergency and it's a teenage uh, girl right so we're like well sure you know whatever God wants to throw at us you know we're we're game Um, So we got this teenage foster uh, child, and and she was from a Native American community and had been sort of, you know, in some trouble. And uh, she came in, and we made adjustments and gave her a different room than than we had given Josie. And we just didn't get around to taking the pink curtains and the princess bedspread and all that stuff down in in Josie's room. And a, a few weeks later, we get a phone call from the state. And basically, uh, they said, we'll do anything you want to, you know, to do here. Uh, we really think that maybe Josie was better off placed with you. Mm. And so they brought her back. And it turned out that uh, Josie really made life very difficult for two other foster families and was screaming, you know, I want to go home and um, clearly not going to settle in at these other places. Wow. And had bonded, apparently, with our family in a very short time. And it was really an amazing story. Um, Yellowstone Boys and Girls Ranch gave us Foster Parents of the Year in 2011 that year. And there was a really neat story uh, called Josie Finds Her Way Home. And she sort of terrorized her way home. (laughs) She wanted to be with us. And I think it speaks to the spirit of being a survivor and knowing, having this certainty as this little child of knowing where she felt safe and wanted and all that stuff. And I yeah. just feel so blessed that I could be part of an amazing story like that. Wow. To be a part of something incredible like that and, and to, you know, have that connection with someone is, is so, so unique and so important. Josie, I'd love to talk to you for a minute. You want to talk on the radio? 
<laughs> you want to talk on the radio? She is so adorable. I was just telling them during the break that she is like a spitting image of me. Just, you know, the, just, um, you know, the realization of, you know, being energetic, being outgoing. And she's, she's so um, mature and she's only eight years old. I mean, this, this girl is, is incredible. <laughs> How about you? Would you like to talk to me a little bit about, you know, what you went through? Um, you know, do you remember going through the adoption process? Yep, I do. You do remember going through it? A lot. You do. <laughs> so what what was it like going going through that for you? It wasn't easy until I met my dad and my mom. And then after that, it was not easy to be a terrorist. <laughs> she's just so cute and you know to have that you know to have to have to go through those struggles and, and find some place where you know you're you're happy find some place where, where you want to be you know what is it like for you to to find that happiness to find you know a family that really loves you well when I was a kid I realized lots of things about different families I realized that families believe in different things and when I met my mom and my dad, they believed in Jesus, so I was like, maybe I should believe in this guy. So <laughs> that's why I became a pretty mean kid after I got took away from them. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to go through me. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> She's so adorable, you know, to, to be able to have that, that realization though. Um, and to be able to have that, that mindset where, you know, you find a place where you're happy, you find a place where that fits for you, you know, and sadly, um, you know, some kids don't necessarily get that, that, you know, certainty to be able to know for certain that they're going to go to someplace where they're happy or someplace, you know, where they, they have that. So for you, Christian, what was it like for the process going through, you know, uh, having to adopt her, you know, what was that process like mentally? Yeah, it was interesting. So, um, well, you're not supposed to. Generally, they don't place two children, one child, right on top of the other. But because of this unique situation, we started out with with two, and um, and we did have some emergency placements uh, through throughout that process. And like, I never forgot any of the kids. You know, even if they were just with us for a weekend, um, because foster the average foster kid goes through probably I don't know 18 placements or something, and so. They arrive and they leave with a garbage bag, um, and their whole life is in a garbage bag, and I just that breaks my heart. Um, and there's even a nonprofit now that uh, gives them nice, you know, backpacks and duffel bags with their name on it, so that they feel like that at least they've got something that's that they've got some dignity, and they're not just throwing their life in a garbage bag. But wow. um, going through that process, we had to learn how not only the the, the state and um, works and all the different standards that they use to remove a child because it's, a, you know, you don't just go around taking children from parents. That's a serious thing. Um, uh, the effect of, you know, drug use and, you know, domestic violence and all the different things that contribute to this thing. We had to learn about all that stuff. We had to learn about some sort of paradigms about how children process these things. Yeah. They blame themselves. Right. Um, they're, they're, they have low self-esteem. They have social problems with other kids because, you know, they're different. Maybe they're a little bit not socially adjusted well. Right. And they've got this shame, you know. They hear other kids talk about their mom and dad, and that sends them off on a head trip for the rest of the day right. about, well, why don't I have a mom and dad to talk like, talk about like that? So, um, you know, there are a whole range of things that you have to learn about to understand where the child, you know, the child is coming from, from their perspective. And um, I think what's interesting is now Josie uh, likes to help, 
you know, uh, other kids and, and even Jacob, my son here, um, you know, we've got this, I think, spirit that has been developed through all of this stuff about understanding where people come from and different perspectives and, and different experiences. And, you know, we were talking about a little bit on the break, every sort of perpetrator, you know, kids that get in trouble start out as a victim and then they just end up perpetuating that cycle right, right. And, and somebody needs to step in and, and break that at some point and be there for them and, and have somebody be there for them and that's why I think we need people like that we need people who want to step out and help and want to, to do those things and you know commend your wife so much for, for wanting to, to get involved in both of you for jumping on board because we need more people like that we need more people in the community no matter what it is if it's adoption if it's bullying if it's suicide prevention if it's just being there in the community like you said before um, you know before the break you know just having that place where you know has the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the neighborhood just knowing that you can go there and have that safe haven that place to you know just relax to be able to be yourself to be able to have that support and that love and I think to have that is so important um you know we do have to take a break really quickly but when we return I want to talk a little bit more about you know what it's like to have someone new in your home and I'd love to hear it from Jacob as well as yourself so stay tuned we'll be right back The U.S. Postal Service wants to remind everyone this year to protect themselves from becoming victims of identity theft. Never give out passwords, PIN numbers, or account numbers. To learn more, visit www.consumer.gov ncpw. I'm not lazy. I'm not stupid. I'm not trouble. And I'm not helpless. I am worth your time, and I have much to contribute. I need to know the same things, but I need to be taught in a way I can understand. I'm not worthless. I am the voice of tomorrow. I can learn the same things, but I just learn them in a different way. I need your understanding. I need your help. Learn, learn how your kids learn. For a free brochure, call 1-888-478-6463 or log on to FocusOnLearning.org to learn how your kids learn. That's 1-888-478-MIND or FocusOnLearning.org and start the learning today. A message from the Ad Council and the Coordinated Campaign for Learning Disabilities. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to become a Marine. And when I, I finished, I was like, I'm done. I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, 
Good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a United States Marine. Can you? Call 1-800-MARINES. Back to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the show, everyone. <laughs> she's just sitting, Josie's sitting here in the studio. Just She's just a ball of joy. They both are. They're both dancing around the studio. It's so great to have this energy in here. So, you know, we have so many stories that, you know, sadly are, you know, can be devastating, can be, you know, down in the dumps sometimes, you know, but uh, an, an amazing thing with all of these stories is even though um, sometimes we have that in common, you know, where we are, you know, adopted and maybe have struggled in, in the past with our, our life no matter what it is, we're here today and we're all, you know, sitting in here in the studio dancing and, and celebrating life. So I think that's, that's so special. And I'm so glad that all of you are here today with me in studio. So again, thank you all so much for, for being here and, and talking to us today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our, it's our honor and our ple- pleasure. Absolutely. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the adoption process and what that was like for you. And, you know, I know you have your other amazing son here in, in studio. You're 12, correct? 11? Okay, she's 12 years old. Yeah, so, oh, Okay. <laughs> you have a birthday coming up soon then? June 28th. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, March 30th. Okay. <laughs> so he is uh, here, and he, I just want to talk to him for a minute. You know, we kind of heard from Josie about her point of view of being, you know, adopted into the family as well as Christian. But, you know, for, for you, um, Jacob, what was it like for you to, you know, welcome in someone from, you know, not who's not in your family and welcome them into your home? Well, we welcomed in... I think, like, five different people, like Josie's uncle, Randy, and uh, one of, a little kid who didn't have a home, even though he was there for two hours of a day um, because he had to find somewhere to stay. But um, we still had a lot of fun with him, even though he was half my age. <laughs> um but it was really awesome to get to adopt Josie and she, she coming into our family. When she left, Mom was really, really, really sad. Mm. So was I, and we all liked Josie a lot, and she was funny. Um, but then she left, and she te- I heard that she terrorized all the other families. <laughs> she didn't like them, and she was, like, running around, I want to go home, and then she finally got back here and then we adopted her just like basic well I've been with my dad I wasn't adopted but my mom adopted me into her kind of like family we all mom adopted me my mom adopted me so like basically I I understand like how adoption works because I was there when we adopted Josie I saw the judge and I met him he was really nice to meet. Um, yeah, that was a proud that was a proud day, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I really had fun at my birthday on my adoption party. Oh, party thing, thing, thing. Um, yeah, and you know that thing? yeah, on the way to that, you know, it's a real emotional roller coaster to get involved with foster. Right. Y- you're you're doing something that you absolutely know is going to cause you pain, right? So we don't go around 
hitting ourselves in the head with a hammer, right. you know, for fun. <laughs> Having a child come into your life and then knowing that they're probably not going to stay and that you're simply a, 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 a station where right. they're, right. you know, you have to love them, um, but you have let to, you know, let them go. And, and knowing that, you know, <laughs> knowing that they're also thinking about that, kids develop a lot of... Um, kids develop a lot of like defenses right so they don't get close to you right and it's you really fight with you know how how fair is it to especially, get yeah. close to them and, and know that they're going to be taken away and stuff especially um, and if they have to go through that process so many times where they they're do. developing this connection and then having that taken away and pulled away from them so many times and um you know to finally have a family where you can settle down and be loved and accepted and um know this is where you're going to be is is incredible you know you have an organization that you're the founder of which is foundation for foster and adoptive families tell me a little bit about that and really um you know going back to the nonprofits, why why did this get started is this through your passion of, of finding josie yeah it really is um you know i i advocate i mean i think this is america and you know we we live down in centennial right on the edge of centennial and highlands ranch and you look at all these beautiful four or five, six bedroom homes, and you know there's there are over half a million kids who are needing a home right now, uh, somewhere in America, and there are plenty of you know not only empty bedrooms but plenty of families who would grow themselves so by by taking in a child that that needs love, and so I don't look at this. People are like, oh, this is you know wonderful that you do that and everything, and I really resist that because. I am be- I am blessed by Josie. I'm not just a blessing to Josie. I am blessed by having her in our lives. Our kids have learned so much that we could never have learned if we didn't take a kid into our lives. And it like stretches you, and you have to, you know, you have to make room, and you have to um, share, and you have that, to, yeah. you know, my my wife, who's just the most amazing person I've ever met. Um, even after Josie's mom's parental rights were were taken away. My wife, who's kind of the tough one between us, I'm sort of the softy, <laughs> reached out to that family. And now Josie has a whole another, you know, other family who just love her and want the best for her. And um, I think that's just, you know, that's just amazing because a lot of kids that take get taken out of a family sort of have a hole in their life. Okay. And even if it's like they were in a worse situation in the world and it was dangerous and everything, they constantly say, well, why couldn't that work? And what was wrong with me or what, right. you know, is questions, all yeah. these. And so if I, I think Josie really loves that she has, you know, yet another grandma and great grandma and, and, you know, she's had some contact with her mom who's been in some trouble, but, um, you know, we, we, we pray and hope for her mom that, uh, you know, everybody involved in the situation can be blessed through it. But we watched as Josie was on a reunification path with her birth parents or her birth mom. And then, you know, things would go wrong on that side and Josie right. would be back on her way to us, right? right? And and even while she was living at our home, it became We're more likely back. and less likely like this emotional roller coaster about whether we'd really have her forever. Right. And we wanted just what was best for her. Right. Um, but through that, you Going know. through that was really, you know, that's what people, I think, avoid doing right. foster care over. But if you can... If you can just put yourself in the situation, I cur- encourage anyone, 
you will be blessed beyond measure even through, even through that pain. Even through that pain. And, you know, even, you know, experiencing like, a, you know, I love how Jacob mentioned that, you know, even that time when he got to spend, you know, one day with a boy, you know, or, or whoever it was, you know, have someone in your house for a day that that made an impact not only on that child, but as well as in your family as well. So getting to experience that and then also, you know, having your children experience that as well, um, you know, it just brings so many different things. And, you know, I'm just so blessed to see that the relationship between all of you and the bond between all of you and, um, you know, hearing all of your stories and your passion and, you know, getting to, you know, see and hear from both of your children and both of you. Thank you guys so much for, for talking as well. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I just I think that everything you're doing and, you know, as a father and, you know, as well as your wife, that, you know, bringing this into your home is some is a very good lesson to be learned. So sadly, we are out of time, which is crazy because time just flies when you're talking about something you love. Where can my listeners find more about what you're doing? So we have a website for the foster and adoptive families. And I have to say, it's not a huge, you know, robust organization or anything. It's just sort of in its starting stages, but it's fosterandadopt.org, fosterandadopt.org. And uh, again, you know, if if anybody wants to reach me, they can reach me at uh, Christian at instantnonprofit.com, you know, even about the foster care. I love talking about this. I love speaking about it. Perfect. And I think Josie would uh, love to... Join me in yeah. helping people <laughs> learn about and this. Share her voice. And absolutely. Too, and know, j- yep. Absolutely. Such a great family. Thank you all so much for being here in studio today. I, I thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, we have Jacob Salem calling in on the phone. Jacob, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Hey, would you mind praying us out for today? Absolutely. Father God, we just thank you so much for people like Santa reaching out there and sharing the stories of the lifeline of your children, Lord. Uh, we not uh, not all of your your children walk the same walk or get to see the same stuff or experience the same the same experiences, Lord. Some we all go through a a, di- a different path, but ultimately, Lord, help us to remember and help uh, all of us to remember that you ultimately have us in the palm of your hand, and that more than anything else, we regardless of where we live and what family we're a part of and who our friends are, that, that you have us, that we can call you Father, that we can turn to you, that you will love us through every transition, through the good, the bad, through the hard spots, Lord, you're there with us, reaching out your hand, knocking on our heart every day. Help us remember that, that you are there. And, Lord, for all your children out there that are looking for a home, that are looking for friends, that are looking for family, that are looking for a place to belong, let them know that they belong with you, that ultimately everything we do is for you. And for the families out there considering um, considering to to take on uh, more family, we'll say, that you would be with them, that you would you would guide them, you would use them, you would re- lead them to the right place, Lord. So ultimately, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name that I pray. Amen. Amen, Jacob Salem. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you listening today, as well as my lovely producer, Jorge. Thank you so much as well. Hey, if you want to hear more about my guests, as well as what I'm doing, be sure to check out my website, CassandraPerkinsRadio.com. Remember to love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins. To reach Cassandra or to learn more about her ministry and work, visit CassandraPerkinsRadio.com or look her up on Facebook. Listen again every Tuesday from 4 to 5 plus the Saturday morning encore at 10 a.m. Behind the Mask with Cassandra Perkins right here on 810 KLVZ where love lives.
made a way through the pain and he opened her eyes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.